0: Lays it in to Trey, two seconds, wide. Trey Slaughter, good! With one, and the Hawks are going to win this game. Shot clock at five, it's poked away, and comes up with it, and stops it. Came up shy. another lob at up high. Picked up by Tatum, slaps it, can't get it, Kevin lets it fly, swish! Oh! Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Sunday, March 27th, the day ahead of the Hawks matchup versus the Pacers on the road. And as I talked about last episode, the consistently inconsistent Atlanta Hawks that's been their mantra the entire season. I mean, that's why they are currently at 500 right now, 37-37, and 37 with the another chance tomorrow night to go over 500. Every time they have a chance to go over 500, we just falter. Just don't play well. We had that opportunity on Wednesday, and boy, second night of a back-to-back, not good, not good. The schedule this week for the Hawks, I mean a lot of games this week coming up, so we're gonna preview some of that. We're gonna briefly cover the last two games. That's a hot s- split, the last two games. As we continue to get closer and closer to figuring out we are a play-in team, we know that. It's just a matter of where we're going to be. We keep having opportunities to jump up to nine, eight, but consistently inconsistent, five hundred. Mm, we just don't want to get over the hump. So when we come back from the break. We're going to briefly talk about the last couple of games, talk about the week ahead, and what we're looking forward to this week. There's a lot of matchups this week, favorable matchups, but we have a big matchup looming on Saturday that everyone is going to be talking about. I mean, we have to get through. I mean, we have four, four games this week, I want to say. Four games yeah, four games uh, between now and next Saturday. Uh, and the the one on Saturday is the big one, but we have to be focused on the first three and take care of business. Certainly, this could be a week that could really start some momentum, which I talked about the last episode is what the Hawks direly need going into the playing tournament. Get some momentum. Get some momentum. So consistently inconsistent Atlanta Hawks, currently sit at 37 and 37, as I said, at the top of the program. 24-14 24 and 14 home record, 13 and 23 on the road. That's probably the biggest difference from this year and last year. They had a lot better road record last year as a team. A lot more adversity. Uh, actually, I think they had a lot of injury adversity last year. Now they're having a lot of internal mental adversity this year. But it's hard to, I mean, how people are feeling on Twitter about everything. It's hard to realize that the Hawks have gone six and four in the last ten games, above 500, which is good. That is that is good, but we certainly want more and expect more from this team, which is why it's still so frustrating. Because as I said, they are sitting at tenth right now, confidently five games ahead of the Knicks for a play-in spot in the Eastern Conference. They are a game behind the Hornets at nine, two games behind the Nets at eight. Which we play the Nets on Saturday, the big game that I alluded to earlier. And we are four games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers, who we play on Thursday in a makeup game. So we're going to play two playing teams this week. And we have one team that is already eliminated from the playoff contention in the Indiana Pacers, who we take on tomorrow night. And then on Wednesday night, we will take on the Oklahoma City Thunder who are well out of playoff contention. That's going to be another road game as well. So up in Indiana tomorrow night traveling to OKC and then they come back home on Thursday to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers in a makeup game. But on Thursday, shout out to the weekend there, but um and then as I said, they will remain at home and take on the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday night on NBA TV. So four games this week. Big week. I keep talking about momentum is the theme right now. We want to end the month of March with some momentum. And then, obviously, start the month of April off with a huge win over the Nets. Now, obviously, Kyrie will be in attendance that game. Kevin Durant will be in attendance that game. So, it's going to be tough sledding they are a team in the nets that and I am kind of getting ahead of myself but I mean we might going to talk about it the nets are playing a lot better they're 7-3 in the last 10 games right now and a team looking like like they finally have woken up and it's time for them to reach expectations that people have had for them all year that that's that's what it is right now the nets Certainly going to be a very tough game, but like I said, we cannot take any game for granted because as we saw on Wednesday, second out of a back-to-back, a lot of people will make that an excuse. I don't want to make an excuse because to lose a season series to the Pistons is just deflating. It is really deflating. I don't care if it's a second out of a back-to-back or what, but it, would, it was certainly a game where the Hawks just did not have their legs underneath them. I mean, Trey Young was their leading scorer, 21 points 9 assists in 34 minutes. DeAndre Hunter had a fair game, 15 points, 5 of 10 from the floor, 1 three-pointer. But Herter struggled 3 and 12 from the floor. TLC struggled 1 of 7 from the floor as he started. Capella was 0 for 5, 1 point, had 9 rebounds. Okongu had a good game off the bench, 11 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Jalen Johnson got 25 minutes, which... We were all really happy to see. Eleven points off the bench, seven rebounds, five or nine shooting from the floor. Missed all his threes um, on three attempts. But you know what? It was good to see him on the court. Bogey struggled from the floor, thirteen points, shot five to sixteen from the floor, three of eight from three, two rebounds, two assists, and Delon Wright had a solid game off the bench, eleven points, four assists, and three rebounds. But second out of a back to back, it was just Tough sledding for the Hawks. The Hawks did have six players. Sorry. Yep, six players in double digits, which is good. But they just. Detroit got, especially in that third quarter, Detroit had that huge 21 0 run and never looked back. Never looked back. Detroit was pretty much in control of the game the whole game. But um, not well. First quarter, the Hawks won 31 26. That second quarter was in favor of the Pistons. They outscored the Hawks by 13, and then that run to start the third quarter really put the Hawks behind the eight ball. The Hawks made a run late in the third quarter, and the margin in the fourth quarter was a little bit closer, but at that point, the damage had been done, and obviously the Pistons beat us 122-101. to We let the Pistons shoot 50% from the floor, whereas we shot 40% from the floor. Like I said, lack of legs there. And the second out of a back-to-back, 36% shooting from three for the Pistons that night. 32% for the Atlanta Hawks. Got out-rebounded by 14 on the glass. 21 team assist, not going to cut it for the Hawks. 14 turnovers, which is a little higher than their season average. And Detroit capitalized on 21 points off those turnovers. Hawks capitalized on the Pistons turnovers that night, but big stat the fast break points. Pistons outscored them by 14 points. You got to look at the field goal shooting percentage. So like I just said just the lack of legs in that game led to the result there. And then consistently inconsistent Hawks, we lose to the Pistons on the road in a game that we must win. And then come home on NBA TV, take on the Warriors, without Steph Curry, but still the Warriors. Still have Steve Curry, still have Klay Thompson, Draymond Green back in the lineup. Uh, One of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And you put up 121 on them and win. Like, great win. Great win against the Warriors. But, like, it's a little frustrating because, like, damn. Like, we couldn't beat the Pistons, but we can beat the Warriors. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Just like Boosie, man. It's just, you give up 42 points to the Warriors in the first quarter. Uh, 42-36 was the end of the fir- first quarter score. And then the Hawks win the next two quarters, second and third. Warriors outscore the Hawks in the fourth quarter to try to make things closer, but the end the Hawks still win by 11. Looking at the team stats, much better game sharing the ball. 27 team assists for the Hawks. Much better ball movement. Much better defense, 11-team steals for the Hawks, and they forced 16 turnovers on the Golden State Warriors. Hawks closed that rebounding margin, still are out-rebounded, but only by three. They shot over 50% from the floor, almost 52% from the floor, and almost 38% from three. Big turnaround there, rest, legs underneath them, ball movement. You know, the things that we talk about regularly on this program. Uh, that led to the win and they won despite thirty-seven points from Klay Thompson, which I'm glad to see Klay Thompson back shooting the ball well. He had nine three-pointers, seven rebounds, fourteen and twenty-six from the floor. In the end, Hawks win. So and losing effort, but it's good to see that for Klay Thompson after all he's been through. Jordan Poole in 39 minutes had 24 points, 10 assists, four rebounds. So he had another, he had a good game as well. Wiggins struggled, Draymond Green struggled. Kaminga struggled. Gary Payton, the second off the bench, had 14 points. The Bryce spot off the bench, Mooney with eight. But pretty much the Hawks took care of business. I mean, they had three players score 20 points or more, which is always great. They had four players score 19 points or more. And five players, all five starters in double digits for the Hawks. Gallinari, huge impact the entire game, 25 points for him. Five rebounds, three assists. Even though he was two of nine from three, nine of 20 from the floor and hit all five of his free throw attempts. So great lift from Gallo, the seasoned veteran who knows how to score. DeAndre Hunter, solid 11 points, uh, five of 13 shooting. Like I said, if we're getting between 11 and 16, 17 points from DeAndre Hunter, I'm not going to be too upset. Capella had a much better, much, can't even say it, That's an understatement. Much, much better game than he did against the Pistons. He went from scoring one point and having nine rebounds to 19 points and 13 rebounds against the Warriors. Nine of 11 shooting from the floor. It was great to see him make a a basket from the floor in that game. Uh, Trey Young did Trey Young things. 33 points, 12 of 20 shooting from the floor. Four of nine from three. Added 15 assists. Really got everybody involved. And then Kevin Herder with twenty points, six rebounds himself, had five three pointers, seven to seventeen shooting from the floor. Lou Will with five off the bench, and TLC with five off the bench as well. And great game from Gallo. I just like how it was a team effort. Everybody in the starting lineup contributed in the points category. The ball was moving. They played slightly better defense than they did against the Pistons, and. It led to a big win over the Golden State Warriors. Nothing to sneeze at. Even though Steph was not available, and I know a lot of people pulled up, probably to the arena. Obviously, if they're not big NBA fans, not knowing that Steph Curry was not going to be playing. But a win is a win. They got to see Clay Thompson put on a show on a losing effort, and to see their home team, Hawks, win. And... I continue to say we need to continue to feed Kevin Herter. I think when you give Kevin Herter opportunities, he's going to make the most of his opportunities. So that is something that I would like to see down the stretch going forward. DeAndre Hunter is a steady hand, defensive guy, Get you 11 to 15 points, do his thing on defense as he had three steals against the Warriors. That's Have that steady hand. If we can get some production from Gallo and feed Herter outside of obviously Trey Young doing Trey Young things. And Bogey was out that game due to knee soreness, which is an even bigger reason why this is a big win for the Hawks. But, and that's probably why Kevin Herter did get his more opportunities because Bogey wasn't in the lineup. But still, even when Bogey's in the lineup, we need to feed Kevin Herter, let him get the ball in the mid-range, and let, him, let it set up. The three-point shot. Now, if it's three-point shots falling, hey, we're gonna feed the hot hand. We need to continue to feed the hot hand, which is something that we attend to get away from for the Hawks when it comes to ball movement, play calling, whatever you want to call it. That's a slide at Nick McMillan. That's on Trey Young. That's on the team. You know, that is a running theme outside of the Hawks being consistently consistent. But feeding the hot hands, we fed the hot hands. Gallo was hot. Herter was hot. Trey Young was hot. Capella got 11 field goal attempts. DeAndre Hunter got 13 field goal attempts. The ball was moving and people were getting opportunities. And look what the Hawks did. They won in a great team effort. And that is something that I want to see continue to go forward. Defense needs to always be a focal point. But getting everybody involved is going to have to be a team effort. We've seen Trey Young have big games this year and years past and the team lose. He had big games on Friday. Add a 15 assist, and look, you have two other players over 20 points and a player with almost 20 points in Capella. I mean, there's, n- there's nothing else to be said at that point. I mean, just move the ball, shot selection, get everybody involved, feed the hot hands, and continue to sit down on defense against stops. And we're going to be a dangerous team come to the play-in. We have to build this momentum now. And I hope that this Warriors game, that Pistons let down was a wake-up call, the Warriors game. And then you have, I said, a pretty favorable schedule. I mean, you have the, the Pacers who you'll sweep the season series if you beat them tomorrow night up in Indiana. Now, the Pacers do, I mean, they play hard. They play hard, so it's not going to be an easy game by all stretch. And they're a team that is not terrible at home. They're 16-21. and 21. I mean, they are a losing record team, but play a lot better at home than on the road. So it's going to be... NBA game, and they're, they're paid professionals as well. They're going to have to give effort. But favorable schedule when you talk about having to take on the Indiana Pacers. And then on Wednesday night, as I said, you travel to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have a worse record than the Indiana Pacers. I mean, worse record than the Indiana Pacers. Right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are already eliminated from playoff contention, have the second-worst record in in the Western Conference. They're ten and twenty-seven at home, so it doesn't really make a difference if that we're playing them on the road. We have to treat them as if they're a playoff team. We have to treat every like I said on a program before, every game's a do-or-die game, playoff game. We must bring that intensity, but certain certainly a very favorable schedule. I mean you have the Pacers, you have the Thunder, and obviously you have the Cleveland Cavaliers who are the surprise team in the Eastern Conference this year. And even Cleveland is, you know, kind of regressing to the mean. They're right now on a three-game losing streak, are four and six in the last 10 games. The Cavaliers are not as indestructible. And and the Hawks have had some success this year against the Cavaliers. So certainly we have an opportunity to win the first three games, a, a high probability to win these first three games. We win these first three games. I mean, just think about it. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. Hawks win the first three games this week. They go to 40 and 37. Three games above 500. That is going to be very, very interesting going into this contest at home against the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday. With an opportunity that could climb up in the play-in standing. Because here's the thing. The Hawks are better at home than on the road. That's a fact. I'm looking at the standings right now. The Hawks need to shoot for trying to host a playing game. If they can get to nine and host a playing game over the Hornets, I think it helps their chances to win. And obviously, the, whoever wins or loses between, you know, Cleveland and Brooklyn, if, if the Hawks have to play Cleveland again, which is a very interesting situation, have to play Cleveland and Brooklyn this week ahead of the end of the season, those are two teams that they're probably going to see in the play-in scenario in order to get to the playoffs. So those two games at the end of the week are very, very important for the Hawks to see where they stack up, to see what they can game plan-wise, what looks the Nets and the, and the Cavaliers going to give them, and start developing a plan. Because right now, it's pretty set they're going to be in the play-in tournament. I mean, five-game lead behind... Ahead of uh, the New York Knicks. Knicks are probably not going to catch the Hawks at this point. Use these games as preseason scrimmages, if you want to say, against teams that you know you're going to see later. And prepare to have a plan of attack. Continue to get healthier. Build continuity. Continue to get everybody involved. Build some momentum so that when... They take on these teams in a few weeks. It's going to be a completely different Hawks team than they see this week. They see, Maybe they start seeing the beginning of the turnaround this week, and the Hawks maybe go one-on-one one between Cleveland and the Nets, but then complain time is go time and desperation mode, and let's see what the Hawks can do. I'm excited to see these two games because of the implications down the road. And then, as I said, The turn of the calendar, uh, well, the the month, going to the month of April, after they take on the Nets, they have four more games after that. On next Tuesday, they take on the Raptors on the road. Next Wednesday, the second night on the back of the back, they come back to Atlanta, take on the Wizards. Next Friday, they take on the Heat on the road. And then next, well, two Sundays, they're going to take on the Houston Rockets in the last game of the NBA regular season. So not a lot of time left, but certainly enough time to build some momentum and start building some good habits going into the play-in tournament, especially, as like I said, an opportunity to see two teams that are gonna take on in the play-in tournament. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, how the Hawks look, Are they going to use this Warriors win as a momentum changer for their season? It's all, you know, to be determined. We already know the mantra consistently inconsistent Atlanta Hawks. But let's rewrite the narrative. John Collins is only getting healthier. He's not on the court right now. Bogey should be back. Even if you rest him one of these two games earlier in the week, have Bogey ready. For Cleveland and the Nets, we're going to need all the firepower we can get, especially against the Nets, but certainly against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jalen Johnson may need to be on the floor against the Cavaliers with how well they like to attack the glass. So we need rebounding. It's going to be very interesting to see who steps up, how people are utilized. Are we going to feed Herter? How is Hunter going to continue to look? He's going to be consistent. He's going to give us a little bit more Gallo. Um, we know he's up and down with his age, but can we get consistent production this week from Gallo? And then hopefully give him an opportunity to you know cut down some minutes and give him some rest because we're going to need him in a playing situation. Capella, his impact. Trey Young, continue to do Trey Young things. This is a very important week for the Hawks, and I'm excited. To see how it unfolds. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us good reviews. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. It doesn't matter. Put them on the show. Follow us at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That is at Ethos Hawks. And follow myself, Brad Jarrett67 on Twitter. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. No predictions for the week. Not want to be held to that standard. Don't want to jinx something. Just go out there and play Hawks. Take care of business the first two games. And let's see where the chips fall against the Cavaliers and the Nets.